Welcome to Geeks Worldwide presents Press Any Key. I am, of course, your host, Michael Schluger, and this is episode 273. Uh, we've got a good show for you. Uh, it's a bit it's a bit of a slow week, and it will continue to be a bit of a slow week, but that doesn't mean we don't have things to talk about. Let me introduce the crew. We have Josh Irwin. How's it going? Going good, my friend. Chris Lassard. Hello. And as always, the disembodied voice of Jay Rich. Yep, still uh, my camera's still MIA somewhere in the the U.S. Postal Service, so <laughs> it, uh, it'll get here eventually. I have faith. I don't I, think I it exists. forward to looking upon you again. Yeah, maybe it doesn't exist. Maybe it's all <laughs> it's, it's, it's all lies. It's all lies. Fake news. Yeah, it's all fake. Alternative. Alternative news. Yep. So. As, as I mentioned, we have a, a bit of a slow week, uh, obviously. Um, yeah, but, thanks, E3. Uh, yeah, thanks, E3. And Obama. Yeah, thanks, Obama. Um, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> 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 um, but we do have a couple of interesting stories to talk about. Um, the first one I want to talk about is uh, Prey. So uh, Prey, obviously, a new game. I think it's... Uh, who, who made it? Bethesda, right? They made it? Bethesda. I say Bethesda for some reason. Bethesda. Yeah, that's how dyslexics say it. It, yeah. it sounds like a fraternity. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, new game, and uh, they they made an interesting choice. What they what they did was they released a uh, demo of the game on consoles. So, if you have an Xbox One or a PS4, uh, you can download demo right now. However, they didn't release a demo for PC. And the reasoning they used for that was they said, well, Valve um, or Steam has a pretty generous refund policy where if you play the game for two hours or less, you can get a full refund on the game. Um, so we don't need to release a demo because those first two hours are the demo. Um, and this is an interesting approach. I, I kind of think that more people are probably going to start copying this approach. But uh, what's your take on this? Is that is that fair? Because uh, obviously with Steam, you got to pay the fifty dollars upfront uh, to to play the game, or sixty, whatever, however much it is. I think it's the perfect barrier to keep people from wasting their time on this piece of trash. Ooh. So you know, harsh, harsh words, <laughs> harsh. maybe. Some harsh words. Uh, I think it's a shitty marketing ploy to make more money on people who forget to get their refund and accidentally play it for two hours in one minute. <laughs> We're all fine with Amazon Prime doing that. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, we are all fine with Amazon Prime doing it because we've been duped by that shitty marketing scheme. Like <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like well, so there's that's... gonna be a lot there's gonna be a bunch of uproar about this for about a year and then it'll be normal in a year. It'll be just like when DLC first started happening. Mm. Well so I mean it's interesting, right? Do you think that someone's gonna sit down and set a timer for two hours? No. I, I don't no think so either. That. Not a single person is going to do that, and they're going to Bethesda is going to make a bunch of money off of people who accidentally play for longer than two hours. I mean, it kind of sounds like they're like, "Let's make a demo," and they're like, "Oh shit, PC!" But you know what? We can say we can say <laughs> that the yeah. demo, the game, is the demo, guys. Ah, ah, ah. Right? And there's probably like a whiteboard with like circles that go to other circles. Uh, in there, some squares. Yeah, and, and like a pie chart. Um, there's definitely a pie chart, but no, that was totally just like an oversight. I guarantee it. It was an oversight, and they're like, oh, "We don't want to make this for computers." So let's just say the first two hours of the game is a demo. How do you? You can't. No, I can't be an oversight. I don't know. I mean, yeah, the that 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 massive. How do you make that I mean, kind of an oversight? There, there are some massive oversights that have happened in this world. That's true. Well, like, and weirder, sometimes, weirder and sometimes. Because I think a lot of times what happens is you assume someone is working on it. So like like these bigger companies, like maybe they're like, oh yeah, this person's totally working on it, and this person's to, and then like a year into development, they're like, so how's that PC demo coming, guys? And they're like, <laughs> Daddy oh, Jam, you had one job. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, and then they, you know, and everyone just like panic, a panic face, like looks at each other in the eyes, like, are you working on it? Chris, oh, Chris sounds like it. he's talking from experience here. Right. Um, uh, maybe. 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 That's a, great, that's a yeah. great reason to pirate. <laughs> um, no, that's totally what happened. I, I, I would bet money on it. I, I don't know if I would bet money on it being an oversight. What I would bet money on it being is some fucking you know, Joe from marketing. Joe from marketing came in and was like, hey, guys. Uh, Joe for marketing here. We have some we have some really exciting synergistic data coming out from the latest focus groups. And he said a bunch of stupid words, and all the developers were like, "Oh, that sounds really great." And then this was his fucking million dollar idea. 
Maybe. Like, that's I I could see it's that. It's either it's either that or it's a massive oversight and Bethesda just fucked up. Like there is no there's no middle ground and neither of those stories is good. Like neither of those versions of events are good. Yeah, and then and so maybe like Joe from marketing is like, hey, hey everyone, I'm Joe from marketing and I have a revolutionary new idea uh to increase collaboration of I like this already. <laughs> uh, I was gonna I was gonna say just real quick, there's a there's a song by Weird Al called Mission Statement. Yeah, oh exactly. that song is beautiful. Of what you guys are talking about. And if you've yeah. never heard that song, go to YouTube and and listen and we'll that be here when you is... come back extremely true to life have you seen his cartoon the milo's on disney channel it's milo's something and i didn't know he had a cartoon um milo's murphy's law milo's murphy law he's the he voices the main i just found out today that he voices the main character uh creators of phineas and ferb so if you like phineas and ferb i like this that's a good pedigree yeah seriously anyway tangent but joe okay i'm joe from marketing and i'm joe from tell you I have these multicolored graphs behind me that say that we should experiment with a new policy when it comes to <laughs> demos. And you know, a demo is a gaming experience, right? So what if we provide the game as the demo? <laughs> Brilliant. So yeah. so that way we're killing two. Okay, hear me out, guys. Hear me out. I know there are some questions, but I'm sure I'll get to them. Um, but so <laughs> when we so. So when we think of demos, right, we don't need to put the funds and money into creating an individualized experience that might not reflect the game anyway. So we can allow the user to come up with an opinion of their own by playing the actual game. And then if they like it, they can keep playing. And if not, they'll just return their $50. It's an investment. It's a player's investment to Bethesda and the game. I'm Joe from Marketing. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> That was so terrifyingly true to life that, uh, yeah, that's shocking, really. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, Joe, for marketing that the former uh, Mark for marketing didn't didn't fill you in on how bad uh, Bethesda's current image is <laughs> and so, why that's a bad idea. So, yeah. I mean, you could say that we have a bad image, but I think we have an evolving image, is what we should say. There we go. I feel that's like Bethesda's going to give you a call and be like, uh, is Joe there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. Last name from marketing. <laughs> <laughs> we could uh, we could use him on our team right now, um, yep. but so Josh, you played the game, right? Uh, yeah, as a favor. <laughs> as a favor, and so I mean, I, as long as we're talking about it, just real quick, what what about it did you dislike so much? Uh, I mean, I guess first impressions. First of all, uh, as soon as you jump in it, it's obvious that this game is not technically up to snuff with current stuff. Uh, it looks like about a five-year-old Unreal Engine game. It just it looks terrible. It's it's not very nice to look at at all. Um, it tries to do sort of a uh, mix between Half-Life and Bioshock. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really work out for me. Um, the uh, protagonist doesn't seem to have any real motivation, um, and the game is just brutally, brutally difficult uh, right from the get-go. Uh, there's no way to. Really... I mean, that's popular now. Brutally, it sounds like you need to get good on that. That point. Hey, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's uh, a personal problem. No, it totally could be. Totally could be. Um, but when you have to, when the only weapon you're given for the first hour and a half is a damn wrench, and these things leap out at you all the time, and they kill half your health uh, before you can whack them enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the controls are terrible. Well, I mean, it is supposed to be like the Dark Souls of sci-fi, right? Like that's yeah. being marketed but, as. Like, so the nice thing about Dark Souls, right, is that the controls are tight. In this right. game, also the controls are terrible. It's got a weird acceleration on on the axis whenever you're looking around with the thumbsticks. Um, it might be totally fine on PC because that's a mouse, but uh, on console, it's not. I can tell you, it's not. It's not. It, it feels mm-hmm. very. Ter- it feels very bad. It just doesn't feel good. Interesting. Interesting. For those uh, out there uh, listening to us, how many of you have uh, tried the game and how many of you have asked for a refund? Um, If you're getting it on PC, I'm actually quite curious Um, because the reason I even bring it up is because recently a report came out saying that Steam was processing about 50,000 refunds per day, Um, which on the one hand, it seems large, but actually when you think about the user base is Pretty good. I is think. it? Is it? 
I mean, it yeah, seems like the re- reading the reviews. It seems like they're pretty, like they're pretty a mixed bag. There are people who yeah. really like it, and there are people who have um, you know problems with it. But it seems like there's definitely a fan base there. I think there is, and I think a lot of it comes from it is Bethesda. It's got that, you know, it's got that. It's also a good it. game to stream, and I think that um, yeah goes a little understated because it does fall under the horror genre is I think what they're trying to put it under. Yeah. Um, and those those are always fun to watch. I was going to say fun to watch streamers fail, which they do a lot at this game, like because it is like Josh said, made to be brutally difficult. Oh, and the sound design too is really bad. So that's another thing. I was going to say that considering that concurrently, you know, it's not uncommon for Steam to have like a million plus people. 50,000 refunds a day isn't that bad. It's like... It's what, half a percent? Yeah, half a percent, one percent. So, not too bad. I mean, I thought it looked cool. I watched a streamer play it, because I like horror games, and I watched a streamer play it, and it seemed it seemed cool. Mm-hmm. Like, um, one of the reviews I saw was like, once you start comparing it to Bioshock, a lot of the game starts falling off, but I think mm-hmm. people forget how great of a game Bioshock is. Right. Comparing and comparing any game to it is gonna is is a difficult you know prospect. So if you look at it like as its own little thing, I think you'll enjoy it. But the second I think you start comparing it to other things that are that do the same thing just slightly better, um, it starts kind of losing its appeal. But yeah, don't don't you think it's hard to not compare like a horror game where you start off with a wrench to Bioshock like. Like as dumb well, as that. As but dumb I wouldn't as that consider sounds, like, Bioshock a horror game. Really? What would you consider it? I think I think it has horror suspense. elements to it for sure. It has horror elements, and, and suspense is different than horror to me. Yeah, no, I, I think it falls more on the suspense side. Um, yeah, more of like a thriller. I think. Um, I, I think it's, it's definitely different from something like Amnesia, or you know, and that's just like stereotypical horror right there. Yeah, right. I think if, yeah. if Prey came from some like independent uh, studio that People was trying to shit over it, yeah, yeah, that was trying to do a space riff on Bioshock. That's a really good point. I think it probably would have been fine, but we're talking about Bethesda. Mm. So because it's coming from Bethesda, we're holding them to a higher standard, you're saying. And they, well, as well, they should be if they're a AAA developer. Like, yeah. It's the same reason like we shit all over – well, one of the many reasons we shit all over Mass Effect Andromeda, but like because it did come from a pedigree and it came from a name that we recognize and a studio that's respected. Like, like I said, if it was an early access game from an indie studio, people would be losing their shit over that game. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I want to move on to the next story because I know you two, when I say you two, I mean Jay and Chris have a lot to to say on this one. Um, In the last week, four pro gaming teams have dropped uh, their Overwatch teams. Dead game. uh, Dead game. (laughs) For for various reasons. Um, Now, I think you guys had just mentioned to me, we were just talking about this, that uh, MLG is going to be taking over the Overwatch League and and MLG is going to be managing the league. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that was yes. my interpretation of what I read. Yeah, yes. that's that's the best of my understanding. That's what's happening. And then the other uh, sort of big news that that came out was that um, the New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft and the Miami Dolphins owner Stephen Ross. Uh, or Steven Ross, have both purchased Overwatch League spots for potentially millions of dollars. Obviously, we don't know. and uh, when we say millions sp- of dollars. And when we say spots, we mean uh, in, in the league, it's based on cities. So that means there's going to be a Miami-based team and there's going to be a, a New England-based team. Um, so given that, why are these four teams uh, dropping uh, Overwatch all of a sudden? I think the biggest name on that list is Complexity, and Complexity has been around in this season. Ooh, team, team Solo Mid, though? Um, Solo well, Mid? so Team Solo Mid you know of because of League of Legends. You don't know Team Solo Mid because of Overwatch. They well, that's, have, that's fine. Um, they have only had an Overwatch team for about six months, but if I'm going all the way back to like the beginning of uh, Overwatch competitive history, Complexity has been there. Um, and so I think... Community-wise, complexity leaving is probably the biggest thing, and TSM mm-hmm. is the most well-known name. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really care because complexity had um, a couple people on their team who got caught cheating um, in another game, and so and and so I'm like not really that fond of them in general. But I was a part of the 
Carbon Series, which was an Overwatch uh, tournament. And it was like one of the, I think it was like the only one going on at that time outside of uh, one that was going on in that tournament, weren't they, Chris? Yeah, they were in that tournament. And um, what's interesting about all of this is because these people just with more money are buying these spots, these Mm. organizations, even though Complexity's been around forever, even though Denial's been around for a pretty long time too, are having a hard time, I think, shelling up the same kind of cash that Robert Kraft can can set up. Mm. But within that article, it also says that they're looking to see these you know, standard bearing teams, uh, you know, get spots in Overwatch League. But I don't know if TSM doesn't have, I don't think the TSM thing has anything to do with money, though. I don't think that's a money related thing. So, I think that's an organizational thing. It's a performance related thing for their team. Let me, yeah. let me, let me ask you guys this, right? Uh, every other property that Blizzard has, whether it's Hearthstone or StarCraft, they manage their own tournaments. So tell me, talk to me about what's the logic behind handing Overwatch over specifically to MLG. Chris, um, Chris, you go first. What do you think? So I think uh, we talked a little bit about this pre-stream, but I think it's a little bit of a, a mistake. I would have really liked to see OWL be like its own an independent thing and kind of like go f- towards legitimizing this as its own league, as a sport uh, and all that stuff. Because while Hearthstone is independent, there's no, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's leagues within Hearthstone, but there's nothing like the NBA uh, mm-hmm. like Owl has been advertised as. Right. Um, and so that's a little disappointing, but they probably need the organizational support that MLG already has in running these kinds of events, um, especially since Overwatch hasn't had a lot of LAN events or events in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the things that are happening now are just like, it's preseason Owl. You know, like everything is just, you know, getting up to there. And to me, it's a little disappointing to be like Owl and MLG. Mm. that makes sense yeah so mlg for anyone listening out there that doesn't recognize that acronym stands for major league gaming and they've been around for a long time uh with like a decade now i feel like launching for a lot of our a lot of the games that we know and love right now halo was a big one halo quake doom i mean yeah yeah this was this was the company that was running those tournaments for a very long time now so they they know blizzard so what was that Notably, MLG is now owned by Activision Blizzard as well. Right. So that it, it kind of makes sense, obviously, because it's a subsidiary of the same company, technically. Right. Um, but what, what's what's your take on it, Jay? Uh, my take on it is that I, I agree with Chris to an extent. I think it's sort of a mistake. They, you know, I would have liked to see them try and go independent with it as well. But I also think that they're using a known quantity in MLG to try and like seduce and legitimize this to people like Robert Kraft or other yeah. like professional sports team owners. Um, and That's it's because I wouldn't think that professional, you know, like NBA or NFL owners, you know, are familiar with MLG, but yeah, I, but you know what? They're, they're more familiar with MLG than they are with the Overwatch League. Yeah, so. I think you're, I think you're right. I think it poses less of a risk investing into something like this if it's already attached to another organization that's well, yeah, has and known success. Exactly. Yep, that's true. But it's really exciting. I think it's really exciting. It sucks that a team like Complexity um, can't can't join in on it based on their history within the community. But um, I think this is going to be a big deal, and I'm really excited to see you know what's on tap for for Overwatch League and what that's going to turn into eventually. Now, what's going on with the World Cup? Is that is that has that happened or is that coming up or what? Where's so that? they just um, uh, selected committees. I think um, I should be a little bit more on top of this than I am right now. But uh, the World Cup is just like a fan for shame. Yeah, I know is like a fan chosen uh, like team. So we get to pick some of the representatives of Team USA, or maybe the committee does this time, and maybe that's why they're committees. Um, mm. But that's definitely. Here, meet your 2017 national committees. Is it the committee the? Um, but yeah, so it's it's cool. The fan involvement is cool. So this is completely separate from Overwatch League. This is a different event that's happening. Right, at right. It's a different different tournament and such. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, believe it or not, that's that's essentially all our you know stories for the week. Not counting what the fuck we do have some what the fuck for you, but uh, in lieu of that. Um, I did want to spend a little time talking about what you guys are currently playing. So, Josh, you've been you've been kind of quiet. Are you uh, are you secretly playing uh, Breath of the Wild? 
He's playing, playing Prey, Prey right, right now. now. Oh, we got it together. <laughs> there it is. Grandma uh, and Sink alike. There we go. Uh, I've been playing. Oh, I got, well, I played Prey. Obviously, I didn't like it. Uh, but other than that, I, I've been. I dabbled back into Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay. Um, I still really like that game. The story gets better and better every time I play it. Um, I get a little annoyed sometimes with the resource gathering and the crafting, but those are just systems in general I don't like. Um, but uh, Mario Kart 8, played a lot of Mario Kart 8. Nice, nice. Uh, that game is awesome. I think that the jump in difficulty from 100cc to 150cc is a little extreme uh, because you go from winning uh, races by half a track to winning by this much and absolutely getting fucked in the end if you're if you're in first or second place. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, I, well, I guess that's about it. That and Breath of the Wild, I did start getting back into Breath of the Wild again. So you didn't like you actually like got bored with it and you know stopped playing. You took a break or no? I I, I was hooked. Like I I couldn't stop till I finished. Uh, no, things happened and I got to a point where I, I couldn't concentrate on anything. So I uh I couldn't gotcha. I couldn't I couldn't play games at all. Like I just couldn't even sit down and and concentrate on a game uh, until Mario Kart 8 came out, actually. so Good old Mario Kart, bringing you back in. Yep. <laughs> back into fold. And was that like your first Mario Kart game in forever, or...? Um, yeah, I mean, I, had Mar- I still have Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo and the Nintendo 64, but I never played uh, any of the Wii or, or GameCube or... You didn't play uh, Double Dash? No, I never played it. Oh my god, what is wrong with you? <laughs> it is a seminal Mario Kart. That is, is a seminal Mario Kart card game. All right, whatever. Whatever. Well, like, yeah. yeah, so then I got Maybe all that time one. you spent playing Last of Us, you could have spent playing Mario Kart Double Dash. <laughs> yeah, but Last of Us is the greatest game ever. So, as you right. know, because you drunk dialed or drunk ordered one. So. God, I did too. Oh god, it's just sitting <laughs> on my PS4 taunting me. Uh, yeah there were things that changed about the mario kart series right well first of all i think the multiplayer in this one is is a lot of fun i think there are some multiplayer modes that are really neat um the shine keep away from the shine or whatever that one's the fun one yeah um but uh, there are things that i guess started in double dash that i didn't know about uh like the drifting and and jumping boosts that you get and stuff like that right um yeah, that was all new to me. So I, when I first started playing the 50cc, I'm like, oh, okay, this is cool, blah, blah, blah. And then I watch some videos and I'm like, oh, shit, I can do that. All right. <laughs> um, which becomes vital in the 150cc races because if, yeah, if you miss a single boost or a single jump, you're done. You should get wrecked, yeah. So uh, it, it sounds to me like that you've been playing that as well, Jay. I mean, I've, I play, I haven't, I don't have it for Wii U. I'm not, play, I had it for Wii U. I have it still for Wii U, I guess, but. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a good game. It's a good racer. Cool. So, what are you what are you playing right now? Uh, what I've been playing, been playing a lot of Heroes of the Storm. Uh, you know, getting that getting that dopamine hit from leveling up and getting uh, getting loot boxes. Nice, nice. Uh, you, pick, you pick up uh, Diva. Uh, I've not picked up Diva yet. I haven't. I think she's just on PTR. I haven't logged yeah. into the PTR yet. Um, I've been doing that. Uh, Still, still grinding my way through Persona Five. Whenever, uh, whenever my wife is not playing it, about sixty hours in at this point. So, how is that game holding up? Oh, really good, really well. I think uh, I, uh, I, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a lapsed JRPG fan, if you will. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I've really loved a lot of old JRPGs, like you know, uh, Super Mario RPG, Final Fantasy VI, uh, Secret of Mana. Yeah, uh, me too. All those kind of games and. You know, it's, I've been kind of down on JRPGs as of late. Not that I've been necessarily up on Western RPGs, but uh, a little down on JRPGs. But this really, I mean, the Persona series were notable highlights every time one of them came out. But uh, this uh, this game is, it's really impressive as far as like a JRPG goes. Like, uh, there's a lot to do. And a lot of stuff is, like a lot of the problems that existed with Persona 3 or Persona 4 are pretty well addressed in this game as well. They, they streamlined a lot of elements uh, to it. And I'll tell you the biggest one they kind of took from SMT, Shin Megumi Tensei. But in the past, um, and I'm going to geek out for just a second here, so excuse me. The the fight system in Persona is all based around elements. Mm-hmm. Right? And so what, what would happen is um, you want to hit the enemy with the element that they are weak to. 
Correct. And that allows you to sort of uh, chain your attacks and pretty much kill them. But what would happen occasionally is the enemy would get the jump on you. And if you were really unlucky, they'd use an element that you were weak to. And the main character, if he dies, the game is over. That's like, annoying. That was annoying in Persona 4. And uh, it's it really, really sucks because obviously if your party members die, you can bring them back. But if the main character dies, you can't control the party members to bring yourself back. And uh, you would have to restart from wherever was your last save. In Persona 5, they let you restart the fight, which is just so well, convenient. In some fights, and if you're playing on easy mode every fight, um, <laughs> there are there's some fights in the game, like boss fights that always let you restart no matter what difficulty you're playing on, unless you're playing on hard, I believe. Um, yeah, I don't think I've... Did I? I can't remember if I've died in a regular fight. I haven't, I haven't died, so I haven't in, died in a regular fight either, so it's like... Eh. But no, I, I agree. It's a very good mechanic for boss fights, especially boss fights that are so far removed from any like save points. Right. Um, yeah, no, great game. Uh, the other thing they brought back from earlier iterations of the Persona series, as well as the other Shin Megami games, uh, is the like demon recruiting aspect where you like yes, convince they, they enemies to join you. Right. Yeah. Which was in the original Persona game, the first two, and then it was removed for three when they kind of revamped the series, but now it's back, and uh, I prefer it to the the method of getting new personas in three and four, honestly, which is like the the shuffle thing where you. Really, have to I don't know about that because because what happens is like the responses that the demons want from you are random. But no, they're not random though. No, they're kind of random. They're not at all random. You, if you look when you like when you knock the demons down, they'll have a personality type. Um, above their name, and then based on that, you can determine what. You didn't notice that the personality type is above their name. Yeah, it'll say like grumpy or amicable or whatever. Like oh. when you knock them down, and then based on that, you can judge what response they want. Oh, all right, yeah. I gotta pay attention to that. I, well, I, see, it totally went over my head. Is that in all the like eight thousand tutorials that that game throws at you early on? That's not one of them. No. So it's it was like a weird hidden gem that like players figured out and then shared online. Mm. But uh, yeah, so been been playing some Persona Five when I get the chance. Uh, much to my own chagrin, I did start a new save file of The Last of Us Remastered because, uh, <laughs> as Josh alluded to earlier, I got very intoxicated one night and drunk ordered it on my PS4. So it's uh, a, a really good game. It, it's so fine. Brilliant. It's fine. I understand I why people can, like it. I don't know if I can trust your opinion on games. If you, have you ever, have you ever played it before now? Yeah, I, no, I have. I'm not just, like, spouting these opinions about a game I've never played. Like, I I also wasn't... I'm just not a huge fan of Naughty Dog's, like, style of game they make. I didn't like any of the Uncharted games either, so... Uh, what? I, yeah, Last Uncharted, Uncharted is Nathan okay. Nathan Drake is like, why I know I'm gay. Whatever. <laughs> That's fair. I, Uncharted is okay. I just felt like Naughty Dog did. It, this was Last of Us was just a different level for me. Just the acting and the and the gameplay and how it all and the story and how it all kind of worked. The uh, game is a technical marvel and should be regarded as such. Like the the voice acting, the animations, and the way in which they like weave the story into the gameplay, all fucking incredible. I understand why people love it. I, it's just not my fucking cup of tea. That's mm. alright. So far. Anyways, the That's point is I'm playing I it again. See. So yeah. maybe, you know, next week I might come back and just eat crow and be like, Josh is right, it's faux. Oh, God, it's, <laughs> it's like the first time you heard the Beatles, guys. Like, I can't. Maybe you just needed to, like, mature a little bit, you know? Maybe, maybe like, so. Like, maybe like, a, like a wine. Life, You're like a fine wine. I feel, <laughs> like, I feel like Joel proves that Troy Baker can actually act. Uh, because Troy Baker is always just Troy Baker when he plays a role right. in a game. Like, it's like Patrick Warburton. Yeah, he sounds like a whiny teenager for some reason, and he always does, so he plays people who are kind of whiny teenagers. But Joel is so far removed from his normal voice and his normal method, uh, and and yet you still feel a real connection to Joel. I just I love that game. I can't say enough good things about it. Yeah, no, I, I actually beat it recently. Um, despite it being out for like a year and uh, four years, Uncharted Four. 
Oh, we're talking about The Last of Us. We're talking about The Last of Us. Oh, yeah. No, I don't give a shit about Uncharted 4. Um, Uncharted 4 is garbage. It's not garbage. <laughs> I don't. I didn't even play. I didn't play it. Honestly, like, I played the first two Uncharted games. They like. I was just. I can't even tell you how uninterested I was in those games. So I never played three or four. Yeah, if I'm looking for like a game like that, I'll play Tomb Raider probably every time. Interesting. Uncharted Four was okay. I finished it, but I wasn't like blown away because first Which of all, it's hard on a fourth game, right, to blow you away at that point. Like, well, let's but, recognize that. Like, I thought it was pretty good. Let's recognize the whole premise of the fucking game is ridiculous. It well, is. yeah, sure, that's fine. It's an Indiana Jones video game. Like the premise it's, of all the fucking Indiana Jones movies is ridiculous too. It, it's not just that, but but Drake and his brother were in some fucking Puerto Rican or something prison for like three years, like and, Colombian or something. Yeah, and 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 Drake's brothers never Hashtag brought up racism. Yeah, nobody, nobody ever. <laughs> Nobody Some ever brown talks about brother. Jake's uh, about Drake's brother or like his past and and exploring the mansion of of his parents with his brother and like all like all of this stuff the orphanage and his brother coming to say like none of this came up in the rest of the backstories that are told in the other three games like it just I don't know the the premise is is dumb yeah. Yeah, you there's you got there has to be a certain suspension of disbelief in any Uncharted game. Like like Drake fucking regularly eats bullets to the chest. Oh yeah. And keeps going. Well so. that's that's just a video game thing though, like your character being a bullet sponge. Like I don't think any of us are saying that that's what broke Uncharted. And that hiding behind a barricade will heal you. Yeah. That, that's right. <laughs> just a video game thing. Like that's just accepted. That said, the the kind of last scene of that game is probably one of the best last scenes of any conclusion of any series ever. With it the wraps da- things up so well. Yeah, with the daughter walking around and and um, uh, finding the stuff that you know shows right. their past. Like that was, it was it was beautiful and touching and and paved the way for a future for the series. And I and I really liked it. Pretty much, pretty much. What what have you been playing, Chris? Um, I want to I wanna talk about a horror game called Layers of Fear. Have you guys ever played that? I've not played I, it. I've... This, this game blew my mind. I can't play hard games. It um, so it's, 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 it's scary, but it's super artsy. Like it's, um, there are like points where like, say you're like looking at a door, right? And then I'll turn my camera this way. And then I look back, like it's now a painting. And then there are points where you have to actually like rotate around the room. Like you play, you play an artist that's crazy, and he's going oh, back I to think... his home to finish his masterpiece. It's you like can, a five... you've seen the picture of it on Twitch. I guarantee. Yeah, yeah. You, it's it like was a like... five to six hour game. Um, I finished it in like two days, um, and it blew my mind in how creative it was. It was awesome and the story was good and the way that they told the story was through finding items and there was like very little uh, little to no voiceovers it was it was just so cool how they just made the game and how the hallways and the environment changed based on where you were looking and how they messed with perspective it was fucking awesome it was it is one of the best game experiences i've ever had there and is we actually to them funny enough when you when you spoke about it you reminded me that we reviewed the game for the site there is dlc available for it called inheritance which yeah is like so you a, play his daughter yes yeah, yeah um, and there story. are things in the in the in the thing where they're talking about what he did to his wife and how he abused their daughter when she was a baby um and you're at, like at risk of getting uh told too many things but you find these like little like you find like a vial of blood and you realize he's using it for his painting and you then you find out that it's i think his wife's blood that he's using and then he also uses bone to make the purest kind of white and you kind of like learn about his you know going you play a mad character which is why the pictures and the hallways change and it's just so cool it like for someone to have thought about that just it blows my mind and the reviews, I think the reviews all agree with me. Like, it, it is a super yeah. cool, really creative. It's definitely a critical darling as well. Like, really, really awesome game that you should all check out if you aren't. It's only really, really scary at, like, the beginning. And there's some, like, anticipation scary scariness. But, um, and some jump scare. But overall, it's just, like, really creative. And I, I loved it. I'm also playing Resident Evil 7, which made me quit because of anticipation. And are you playing it in VR or are you playing it? Uh... No, I, um, I'll, I'll get nauseous if I play a moving character in VR. Okay. Uh, but 
like there was a point where you actually like play a videotape and you, you play yourself in like a like, you play someone in like a found footage tape and knowing that something was going to happen was enough for me to quit like there was no jump scare there was no nothing i was just scared you just knew something was coming and that was enough yeah and so now in order to play this game because this happens a little too frequently i have to play with a walkthrough off to the side so i kind of know what's happening and and, and so i can like alleviate some of the stress because i want to play the game it's beautiful but it really did really freaked me out when i first started playing interesting yeah, that's why I don't do horror games, brother. I I I play games to relax and unwind and go somewhere else and like being in a hellscape is not my idea of relaxing. So, I'm and... such like I'm such an amazing person. I need to be reminded that I'm human. <laughs> you are an amazing so, person. No, I, I, so I play horror games to remember that I I can be scared and that I do have feelings. Mm. <laughs> that I'm not just a sociopath that right, kills all my sins. Hey, on on this weekend uh things that make you sound like a sociopath chris discusses that so yeah. <laughs> i have a, i have a couple sociopath tests like if, if i show someone the first 10 minutes of up and they don't get emotional i'm probably not going to be their friend yeah there's because there's something rough. wrong with there, you. yeah there's something wrong yeah with you at that point. Like, <laughs> yeah you're a broken person <laughs> yeah exactly but that's what like, i that's uh that's what I've been doing. I also been uh, slowly working my way through uh, replay through Ori the Blind Forest. Check that out. I just haven't. Just another. Out. Just like it is the, one of the seminal. I, you put it up there with FTL and Bastion and. Well, hmm. and that's like up too, right? If you don't get a little bit misty in the first thirty minutes of that game. There's something I knew it was here. happening again. I still got emotional. Yeah, and I, me too. I, I it's happening. Yeah, it's not so good. And, and the music is amazing. You keep, I have the music on vinyl, but it is the mu- You can you can hear the story of the so like listening to the vinyl like from beginning to end. You kind of know what's happening. It's really really cool. Yeah, perfect sound design. That game is and it's beautiful to look at. Oh, it, it, the art it, and it's a platformer, so it's like pretty simple, but it's really hard if you want it to be. If you want that setting, and the battle mechanics are great, and it's mm. it's as close to, in my opinion, like a perfect platformer as you can get. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I love someone, that. someone on uh, Facebook commented that uh, The Last of Us and Kingdom Hearts are the only reason they want to get a PS4. And uh, those are good reasons, but like the only reasons, I don't know. There's a lot. There's a lot of good stuff on PlayStation right now. It's it's the one to beat, and Her- I don't think anyone else is coming close. Horizon Zero Dawn is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Who the hell doesn't want to like run with robot dinosaurs that want to kill you? I mean, Pretty much. Do you see that video on Reddit today that got super popular of a freezing one? And it was just like cool graphics. And that's when it got to the front page of Reddit. I haven't seen oh, it, but I want to check it out. Um, as for myself, I also have been playing Persona 5. No one asked. <laughs> go go to hell, Chris. It doesn't exist. It does exist. <laughs> um, which I'm calling Near Automata. Been playing that. And that is a weird game. That's what um, I've heard. My uh, my brother in law has been playing it in the living room. Yeah, it uh, it it kind of jumps between. It's occasionally like a side scroller. Other times it's like a top down bullet hell shooter thing, and then other times it's a just a regular three D action RPG. Because on top of everything else, on top of just like you know killing things, you have items and equipment and. Uh, skills to sort of manage um and loot to pick up and that sort of thing so it's in this weird place where it's a little bit of everything um the graphics are nice and the, all the controls are really tight um so i've been playing that and then on the 3ds i've been playing zero time dilemma and have you guys like played that series at all that's that 999 series right yeah Virtuous last reward and Virtue's last reward, yeah. So it's 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 the conclusion of a trilogy um, that started on the DS. So nine 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 doors, nine hours, nine people. I think mm-hmm. the full title of that first game came out on DS. It's fantastic. It's very much a visual. Game. The dog agrees with me. The dog does agree with that. Uh, it's a it's a visual novel. So it's a lot of reading and puzzle solving, and that's it. And it's and it's 2D, but it works if you like a, a good story. The second one, Virtue's Last Reward, is similar to that. But for this one, 
Um, I'm kind of on the fence about it, honestly, because they decided to shift to like a 3D, you know, models and stuff as opposed right. to a flat 2D sprites. And it's not good. Like the modeling isn't good. They're kind of low res. I don't know if it's like just the limitations of the 3DS or, or what. So uh, the story so far is okay, but I'm not enjoying it as much as Virtue's Last Reward so far, but we'll see. Um, and of course, Heroes of the Storm, on top of everything else, I try to get in a few games in the, in the weekend. Yeah, it's awesome to see Heroes uh, in the top streams now after 2.0. Huge, I think, a huge boost for... I think they did a great job. They did a phenomenal job. I, I loved 2.0. Opening yeah. all those... Uh, I, I think I got over 70-something. I'm level 570, yeah. I think. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so they really rewarded people who spread out their character play. Yeah. Right. I'm, like, I'm level, that, like, after this week, I'm now level 785, so... Damn. Then, yeah. No, I'm yeah, I'm in the gold. Uh, I'm in the gold border. I forget which I have a I have a my... turquoise border with one little gem on it. So I don't know what that means. Oh, you've be. got a gem, so that's gotta be over. over I'm one. I'm only like three twenty something. So I, I Yeah, but they it seems like they really rewarded players for trying out and leveling up different characters. Yeah. <laughs> Josh is like I'm one. <laughs> it's a good it's a good change of pace for a MOBA. It's fast, it's skirmishy, you know, it's yeah. it's Great. I want to do a little bit more coverage for it at some point, figure out how to how to work it in. But it's it's a great way to introduce MOBAs to someone yep. who hasn't yep. played it's MOBAs. A, it's a great first MOBA. Or who like, has played MOBAs and doesn't like them. That's the other Yeah, because it's really because it's a better with. it's it's a better and smarter game. Like exactly sitting and no items is actually really smart and they're just relics of Warcraft three. Yeah. So and they yeah. just got rid of what was unnecessary. And yet, and yet, people will still be like, "Oh, it just makes the game more complex." Like, no, it makes the game less of a game. Like, but that's fine. Yeah, it's it's weird how people sort of stick to. You that's know. fanboying. Like, it's the same. It's the PS4 versus Microsoft thing too. Like, you invested in this one thing, so admitting that it's admitting that something else does it better is going to make you feel stupid. Right. Just because something is harder or more complicated doesn't mean it's necessarily better. Sometimes it, it does, but not in this case. I feel like. They really distilled it down, and what's uh, fun about MOBAs, yeah, 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 and and the fact that the matches last only twenty to thirty minutes, um, fifteen if you're really steamrolling, um, is is really nice because I I wouldn't be able to play Dota just because of the time commitment is so high, right? Well, I played a really fucking hard game. I yeah, played Dota. a lot of Dota before Heroes of the Storm. That was my chosen MOBA. I never really... I, re I really, really respect good Dota players. Hmm. I never connected with League of Legends, but, um, like, Dota was my MOBA of choice before Heroes came out. But, like, as soon as Heroes came out, it was, like, 20-minute games, no item shop, and I can play, like, the actual Blizzard characters, not just shitty knockoffs. Like, sign me up. Right. Right. Let's do it. And, and, and they've done such a good job of really sort of uh, embracing the character. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, like, the design is so well, you really feel like each character embodies their persona within the Blizzard universe. Well, and Definitely. they're willing to try crazy shit, which I really appreciate. Yeah. You know, with like, Shogun. Oh, my God. Yeah, Tracer, having things. someone who has a reload mechanic and, you know, is always attack moving. That's super cool. Um, and League is starting to take some of that. You know, they have their first kind of like cooperative character in Zion Rakan. And, mm. you know, and the Rift Herald is now just like a, a regular boss in Heroes. They actually, in League now, you can get the Rift Herald and send it down a lane and it'll push that lane, yep. just like getting a boss in League would do, uh, in, uh, in Heroes would do. So Interesting. it's um, like, it, it's cool. It's pretty much League being like, yeah, that was a good idea. We should incorporate it into our game. And that's what, the, that's what it needs. And, and the other thing I like, as long as we're talking about this, is generally the map variety is very good yes. whereas mm -hmm. league is something that has like what one map two maps it has, well one official map and then you have a ram yeah and then some of the non-traditional game modes but but this you've got like what are we up to maps, I yeah well and, and and uh, most of them are really fun i hate haunted mines but like yeah, I really haunted like... mines is garbage town but and it's, <laughs> it's garbage town even after the rework but i mean the the rework part, helped, yeah, the but yeah really and the new Hanamura is pretty, regardless of what you Very think of it. I'm not sold on Hanamura. It's hard. It's a, yeah, I kind of like, pretty, Han you, you, I like you, Hanamura you because there's always something to do on it. And it forces like it. people to team fight. 
And yeah, but I mean, every map more or less forces you to team fight, but it's it's hard to prioritize where the fuck you're supposed to go. And... I agree with that. Well, yeah, like, and XP, but I, I don't think it's important. But I think that's more because people haven't figured out the map yet. Like, yeah, I could. But anyway, this Heroes of the Storm Circle jerk should move yeah. on to what the fuck stories. Yeah, yeah I was well, about to say that we should we should move yeah. on. <laughs> uh, we have two what the fuck stories for you. Uh, the first one involves none other than Palmer Lucky. Uh, Palmer Lucky, as as you recall, uh, was ousted from Oculus, but uh, he's not too sad about it because he kind of walked away, you know, being a multi-millionaire, and yeah. he can just do whatever he wants. So he went to a VR festival in uh, Japan, and he dressed like, um, like, uh, oh shit, what's her name? Silence. Quiet or silent? The quiet. The quiet. No, the quiet. Quiet. Yeah, he dressed. He dressed like quiet from uh, Metal Gear Solid. Sure so uh, here's some pictures of Palmer Lucky dressed as quiet. Enjoy. If you ever wanted to see that for some reason. I am definitely straight. Yeah, that made me straight. <laughs> I made you that right there. You were like, oh, yeah, never mind. That's all I, that's all I needed. <laughs> that's, Don't you let know, Mike be Pence careful because like Mike Pence is going to hear that kind of power. Yeah. And he's going to, that's, that's going to be the uh, conversion therapy. The conversion therapy. Showing pictures of Palmer Lucky. It's quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, um, how do you feel about that picture of Palmer Lucky? Who? Me? Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, <laughs> the emotions that you're having right now? Okay, so first and foremost, something you guys may not know about me is that like, I have a phobia for like people dressed up in costume and thespians. and Really? Any costume? Like so like Disneyland, yeah. not your jam? No, like, I can appreciate it from a distance sometimes, but, like, actually being around it, like, freaks me out. I don't, I don't like it. So do you not go to conventions? I started going to Phoenix Comic Con about two years ago, but I'm not going this year. Uh, It's weird for me, and I I just, I'm a little agoraphobic anyway, so I don't like to be that close to people just in general. Hmm. Um, But uh, when I do go to Comic Con, uh, I always get really irritated when I see these people that... um, are not dressed in ways that are appropriate and um, that fit their that fit their look. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, I don't care if a, if a bigger woman dresses as Harley Quinn. Um, I don't want to see a big ass hairy man dressed as Harley Quinn. Uh, you know, I just I I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like what Balmer Lucky is doing it's, here. It's funny because you know. And I, I feel like this is going to open up a can of worms, but I'll say it really fast. Females can dress as male characters, and it's cool. It looks, you know, like they can do the character justice. But anytime you got a guy dressing as a girl, it's always weird, right? Like I remember going to. Uh, hold on, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my foot down on this. Um, Unless it's Rocky Horror Picture Show. No, no, hang on, something. hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You guys talk. I'm gonna find something for Lance to show us. You guys just fucking talk about this. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a weird double standard. No, I, I, I totally admit it's a weird double standard. Like I remember going to PAX, and some guy uh, came dressed as Man Lee, and basically Chung Lee with the you know, a lot of very long hairy legs, and it was just like. I don't know. There's I wonder that... if you saw him. Was he really tall? You might have seen my... That was my friend. My friend has a Chun-Li outfit, and he's super tall. And he, I think he might have worn it PAX a couple years ago. There's that one guy that's, like, bearded and dresses that's as, like... so weird. There's this one guy that's, like, bearded and, like, his co- all of his cosplays are, like, weird bearded versions of, like, female characters. I think and... I've seen the guy that you're talking about, yeah. And that, that doesn't bother me as much. But, like, I saw... There was a guy that was doing... I know this sounds weird. Uh, Aquaman, but as a woman, as a man. Wait. So. He was dressed as a female version of Aquaman. As a dude. As a dude. Interesting. That's different. And and it wasn't like it was, you know, the bikini and the fishnets and the hair. God, the hair. Just, it it was really bad. And I'm sitting outside having a smoke or whatever, like, trying, like, not to, not to look, and it's like, God damn, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> anyway, Lance, I just linked you a picture. Lance is our producer for those listeners who don't know. I just linked you a picture of one of my friends from high school. He's a semi-professional cosplayer now, uh, but his Zarya from Overwatch cosplay. So 
That's different. Uh, that no, works. no, no, no. Fuck you. No, it's not. It's the same thing. <laughs> no, it's the same goddamn thing. First of so, all, he's not so, a fat, hairy man. <laughs> that's fine. That's that's fine that he's not that. Uh, second of all, he's fit, and third, he's not in a fucking bikini. <laughs> I'm a little uh, offended by what you're saying. I'm just putting that out there. Um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not joking. Like I'm serious um, because I don't see a problem with it, and I'm not saying that because I'm a hyper liberal. The thing is, it's like this kind of conversation is exactly what people need to stop having because people are allowed to dress however they're allowed, they want to dress, um, and you can have your personal feelings against it. But I think talking about the fact that. Um, the way that it's been presented, at least to me, um, has has made me a little upset. Only because, especially even that reaction, well, that works. You can't you can't pick and choose who and gets to be and who what works and what doesn't. That's a personal problem. Um, and to describe it as something that needs to stop or something that makes you uncomfortable, that's fine. But. That doesn't work because he's muscular. That worked because he was really creative. And while those guys in the bikini are doing it for that shock value, they want you to feel that way, maybe they're not. And maybe they're exploring something. And maybe they're trying to figure out who they are. And this is how they're, this is how they're able to say those things and to tell someone that they're not allowed to do it, but you're allowed to judge them for it, I don't think is fair. But also, fuck Palmer Lucky for dressing up like that is the point. Like, <laughs> so, so, because I, mean, like, so. I saw that guy at BlizzCon, and that Zarya cosplay is fucking amazing. Yeah, we're and, nice and, that um, he's, a really, he's a really cool guy. And he is pretty attractive. Um, oh, but, yeah. okay. um, but, you know, you know, the thing is, it's just like, um, the, the guy who won Eurovision a couple years ago, Conchita Wurst. Uh, so Eurovision is like a song contest. It's like American Idol, but Europe oh, is against European like, countries. The weirdest fucking thing. Um, but, uh, the guy who won was a drag queen with a beard, right? And that's just, you know, that was just how he wanted to portray himself. And yes, that makes some people uncomfortable, but why? Like, it doesn't have to, because it doesn't align with gender norms. That's fine. But like, you can feel uncomfortable, but it's all about working past that and not making it so other people have to accommodate you in order to, in, in order to, you know, figure, figure out what makes you uncomfortable. It's not our job to change who we are to help, you know, who we consider is already there. Yeah, believe it or not, Chris, I totally agree with you. And I apologize if I made it seem like it's something that they should stop. It's just something I don't like and makes me uncomfortable. So Right, it sounded like Josh's thing was more with just people in costumes that like... In general. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, in general, but also like yeah, costumes but I think it's that in, are... I think it's important to point out when those kinds of things are said, because all that does is perpetuate other, you know, perpetuate that kind of belief and make it normalizes it. And I agree. To be completely fair, too, I don't like cosplayers that go out there and over-sexualize cosplay either. Just saying, I don't like it. I've, I don't like. I don't like to see Luke Skywalker with his boobs hanging out. I, like I, I just it doesn't. I mean, unless it's actually Mark Hamill, then <laughs> well, he, can, he so, can do whatever the fuck he wants. But like, but like, uh, but like, uh, what's her name? Jessica Nagiri and lately Meg Turney. Like, th these are well, Jessica Nagiri aside, Meg Turney is a is a is a reasonably intelligent woman. She has really uh, poignant thoughts and opinions on video games and video game culture. Um, and, and then you know she goes out there and does you know Pikachu in a thong, and it's like, eh, like for me See, personally. But why but does yeah, that have to be a dichotomy? That? Like, that doesn't have to be a dichotomy. And, like, you're, you're saying it yourself. Well, she's intelligent because she knows video games. But then she does this. And that, that's, like, those things don't have to be separate. She can be intelligent and also be sexy. Uh, no, I agree. I don't I, – I like more balance in my life, I guess. I'm also from Boulder, Colorado and, like, a hyper-liberal. So, yeah, like – I guess I'm not I, saying this because I'm hyper-liberal. I'm saying this part because I'm hyper-liberal. Now I get you. I, no, I, I guess I just like a little bit more balance. Like, I don't like – I don't know. Like, I, I guess I just don't, I don't identify with, with that. It's, it's, I don't know. I, I want people to be more intelligent and express their thoughts and opinions than um, sell calendars because their ass is hanging out. So but why can't they do both things? Aren't they just use it? Like that is a smart thing, right? Like, no, they can't do both things. I'm just saying, I'm calling for like balance. Right. Cause like uh, Meg Turney hasn't done a, a real cosplay in a while. She's she's done all these like super hyper sexualized cosplays because she doesn't work for Rooster Teeth. Well, why and, is that not a real cosplay? And that's the shit that sells. Oh, so if it sells, then isn't that a real cosplay because the market has deemed that it's more valuable? 
I, you know, I, I get what you're saying. It's just not a thing that I enjoy. Yeah. I, I, I like to see like accurate cosplays or inventive takes. I, don't, I just don't like to see the stuff that's super that's over-sexualized. Fair. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's fair. I, I was going to say for the record, Chris, I also agree with you 110%. And it's, absol- it's absolutely me being uncomfortable sometimes with the way that uh, the cross-dressing. Yeah, but my but, challenge but, is, it's like, it's 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 part of working through that. Because honestly, I was really afraid of drag queens for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And then, because um, one of my things was like, oh, they're just, a, they're perpetuating a bad stereotype within the gay community. That's That's what I used to say all the time when it came to drag queens. But really, it was because I was uncomfortable. And I needed to rationalize that with myself and be like, I, you're making me uncomfortable, but that's not your fault. That For is, what it's that, worth, I like drag shows. <laughs> um, and, and so like, but that's where, that's where I'm coming from. It's like, everyone is allowed to feel uncomfortable. And when someone is challenged with, you know, a, a not, not something that's normal, that's the feeling. But it's everyone's responsibility, I think, to be able to tell themselves, I'm uncomfortable and that's a personal problem. Um, uh, and, I 100% agree. And that's, how, very and that's how and that's how you work through it. Yeah, and that's and that and that's how you work through it. You don't work through it by having other people adjust to your beliefs, which is why the current minute like what's going on currently is it, it, it bothers me. Um, I, because once privilege gets uh, you know, once your privilege gets shown to you, the first thing to do is to attack it back. And um and so it, I, I just hope that. Anytime I feel uncomfortable, I want to say, what can I do to, you know, change the situation? Is this person actually doing something wrong? Mm. And when the answer is maybe, it's not worth, you know, attacking someone for it. But when I do feel like a a thing has happened and, you know, something is being perpetuated, like I felt like before, I feel like it's worth saying it out loud because sometimes you don't get this explanation. You only get to feel uncomfortable, which reinforces everything you've already felt. Yeah, no, I agree. Very and well Jay, said. And Jay, and, going back to your point about, you know, why, why can't they be both? I think it's the same thing about like Nintendo and stuff like that, where you expect them to produce certain games, right? You expect them to produce Metroid because you love Metroid. You want them to produce Mario because you love Mario. I liked listening to Meg Turney on, you know, the, the Rooster Teeth podcast she was, I liked her videos where she was talking about serious issues. Um, It wasn't the pictures and stuff of her that attracted me to her in the first place. I didn't even know who she was until she was on Rooster Teeth's podcast. That's fair. So, you know no, what I mean? Totally fair. As a um, consumer of her products, that's what I want from her and not the other stuff. Yeah, no, then that's totally fair. Um, I think uh, to let, let me ta- let me do a let me do a hat trick here and tie this back into video gaming. Please. Uh, because like gamer culture is rampant with that kind of thought process. Like it is rampant, rampant with that kind of thought process. You go on any of those cosplayers that we mentioned, including uh, my friend who I won't say his real name because I don't know if he wants me to, but his his cosplayer name is Jex, G-E-C-H-T-S, if anyone wants to check him out. Um, he Even you go on his page and you get people like, objectifying him and it's really fucking creepy like Mm. and i mean you know we sort of did we're like he's a very attractive person but that's way better than like someone trying to talk about his genitals on facebook like not uh not cool internet and like i said that kind of thought process rampant in the gaming culture like entertainers within the gaming sphere are thought of as like they exist for us they exist to do you know they exist to do what we want them to do and Mm. it's you know the same the same reason you get, like, especially, like, uh, webcomic creators, if they go a weird way with their comic, people just lash back at them super hard. Dick wolves. <laughs> Dick wolves, control, delete. Like, it's a, it's a story that's been told a hundred times. Yeah, Very no, true. for sure. But anyways, the point is, be better, internet. Be better. <laughs> like, that's happening. That will never happen. I can tell the internet to be better. Make me feel better. It's, the thought is nice. Certainly. <laughs> it's a thought that counts. Yeah, that's true. Um, so we do have one more what the fuck story for you, which I don't think will cause any controversy. Um, Yo, is that a fucking challenge? Because <laughs> I will figure out a way to make this cause controversy. Yeah, so why weren't there any squirtles on stage? Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> Come on. What is this squirtle erasure? This is water type. This erasure. is absolutely hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Uh, basically... 
uh, you had an event, and I believe it was South Korea. Yeah, it was yep. in Songdo, South Korea. Uh, they were doing a, a Pokemon festival there, and they had uh, 15 Pikachu performing a dance, uh, you know, 15 dudes in Pikachu costume, and one started to deflate, and uh, he got bum-rushed. Uh, he was the fucking president. Very quickly, <laughs> very quickly descended upon by men in suits. <laughs> <laughs> Which was so funny. Like, it was a visual of a lifetime, truly. It's great. And the funny thing is, if you, so if you watch the video towards the end, they uh, let him back out at the end. And then he like takes a couple of steps and then the suit starts to deflate again. I don't know if you guys oh, saw it all the way through. I, I did. It was great. It, oh my god! I just, I, it's just like it really. It looks like the Secret Service coming in. It does. Yeah. He gets like descended upon by these dudes in suits, but like not just like one, but like eight of them. Yeah, that's the. It's like like there are eight dudes helping this guy off, and it's aggressive great. too. Like the first one practically yeah. tackles him. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I gotta be like, what? What do you? What are the kids thinking when they see this? I, I, you can hear the crowd kind of laughing if you watch the, yeah. the video, but I wonder if the kids turn to their parents and they're like, "Why is he taking Pikachu away?" No, or they're like, probably like, "What's wrong with that Pikachu?" Because they don't see him as a guy in a suit. They, they see him as like a dying Pikachu. Right. <laughs> probably Jesus. Jesus, that's dark. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you don't have your imagination still. I, I do. You see a wall of Pikachus and say, wow, that's really Pikachu. Right? <laughs> I, I don't have Pikachus are real. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. they're real. No, I, uh, I mean, we're laughing about this, but like, there has to be a reason that they did that. It might be the reason Chris said, because, you know, they don't want kids to have that awful image in their mind. It also might be because those suits are super heavy when not inflated. And, like, they don't want the guy <laughs> to get hurt. Like, that may also be the reason. Like, That's oh totally shit, possible. that guy's gonna sh like shatter his shoulders if we don't get him out of here quick. I'll I'll share one final thing with you. This is old. This is not a new, a new news story, but um, if you Google this, it'll come up. Um, a couple of years ago, I want to say at least four or five years ago, I recall reading about this. There was a forum online for people who believed Pokemon were real. Like nice. these people seriously thought Pokemon were real and that Nintendo had a portal in their headquarters that connected to the actual, you know, the universe, the Pokemon universe. And that's how they knew about them. They could travel through this portal and they were, you know, and um, so, you know, they they would post about like what Pokemon they wanted to make their own and how they wanted to travel to the Pokemon land. And trolls found it and uh, hilarity ensued. It's, it's, it's kind of mean, but it's really really funny is this like <laughs> kefka's portal in final fantasy 6 to the, yes. the magi or whatever like yes. <laughs> that's like the thing in final fantasy tactics advance you <laughs> like read the book and then they, he falls into evilis yeah it's like that <laughs> it's like um, <laughs> that, that just reminds me of that like support group that was around in like 2007 for people who got clinically depressed after seeing james cameron's avatar because like that world wasn't real <laughs> really Oh, yeah, no, that was a huge thing. People got, like, clinically depressed, and they started support groups because wow. fucking Pandora wasn't real. By the way, so... It is now. Yeah, it is now, Pandora Land. Um, so, by the way... Unobtainium exists, damn it. God, don't... Do not say that word to me. I will go off on a fucking <laughs> rant like you won't believe. Um, that, that reeks of someone turned in a script, and that was the placeholder name, and they fucking forgot to change it when they started filming. And James Probably. Cameron was just like, fuck it. I don't know. <laughs> so, James Cameron's Avatar, the highest grossing film of all time. Can anyone in this room name a quote or a character name from that movie? I can't. That's what I <laughs> fucking thought. Zoe I never saw it. Fucking thought. Never saw it. Lucky you. Anyways. I saw it like three times and I couldn't name I'm it. A, I'm kind of a contrarian. So, like, once everyone's like, this movie's great, I'm just not going to see it. <laughs> and I don't even I don't like indie movies either, so I just don't really watch movies. I guess I'll, I'll watch like an animated movie and pick. I think because that kind of like doesn't count for some reason. Like if everyone's like, I love Pixar, I'm like me too. But if someone's like, Wow, this is this was a really good movie, and millions of people have saw it, and I'll be like, Nope, not me. I didn't see it. I read the Wikipedia and pretended to, so I could talk about it. But I never actually saw this movie. Nice. Uh, I love that sentence so much. 
<laughs> so, uh, unfortunately, that is all the show we have for yeah, this week. It's pretty clear that we have uh, exhausted our, our our video game topics for the it's week. True, it's true. Um, but make sure you, uh, as always, hit like, hit subscribe, tell us what you thought, hit us up at POC, at that POC, PAC podcast on Twitter. Uh, and yeah, until next time, I have been your host, Michael Schluger, Josh Irwin, Crystal Side, and Jay Rich. Have a great week of gaming. Push a lot of keys for us. We will see you next time. This has been a production of the GWW Radio Network. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, check out Geeks Worldwide at thegww.com for all the latest news, reviews, and opinions on video games, comics, movies, TV, cosplay, and more. Geeks Assemble!